Pokemon the movie 2000 colon the power of one released July 21st 2000 a movie about uh gen 2 of the of the pookie of the pokemons pokemans I'm Dylan Vento I'm Herman Kane I'm Joe Wetmore <laughs> The straight Dylan. man today, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is I... a tracked mode? So, uh, what? one of the best pieces of trivia about this film is... Is Herman Cain is in it? No, unfortunately. I see. This is a very smoothly set up segue that you're doing. This wasn't just an, a non sequitur. This was... Yes. I wanted to talk about this. peanut butter. I wanted to talk about this, and I knew I was going to have to force that to happen. <laughs> okay. Um, Tell us all about Herman Cain. In 2012, 12 years after this film came out, uh, Herman Cain, now deceased was running for president no, he's still alive i don't know what you mean okay sure <laughs> this is twitter account told me that oh right yeah 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 uh was running for president and gave a speech in which he said life can be a challenge life can seem impossible it's never easy when so much is on the line which is a direct quote from the theme song of this movie <laughs> the pokemon 2000 power of one film i he completely forgot about that in a presidential candidacy speech i believe he follows that by saying that's from the pokemon 2000 movie (laughs) (laughs) i I, think he even points it out yeah i just find it so fantastic yes he did uh and like i don't know i like i didn't know when i was going to talk about it but i knew i needed to talk Why about not it now right out the gate can <laughs> we finally talk about politics on this show is that finally <laughs> the transition the gate is open. we've opened the door yeah 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 huh this, this this movie is just a it's it's a large metaphor for climate change actually if you if you look at it do um, we do we only being partially facetious there yeah do we that's blame true herman cain's death on mewtwo or on covid which one is it i mean who's to say they're not one the same (laughs) (laughs) that's the real conspiracy democrats i want you to know about covid mewtwo has wiped our minds so that we wouldn't know (laughs) what they've done exactly he genetically engineered COVID. it was made in the same lab as mewtwo Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and he used it to eradicate mankind this is his ultimate his ultimate plan anyway spoke about the movie 2000 (laughs) uh features not mewtwo but does have a dope ass theme song as every pokemon as, movie as will every have going dead forward. republican knows <laughs> uh when you go to cpac when you go to that convention they they load up an, uh, a zune full of uh pokemon mm-hmm. theme songs mm-hmm. the, the only them. device um appropriate yeah no no this theme song is unironically great and you guys were razzing on it and you're just wrong. I, You're just wrong. 
You're strong. Is it ironically great? I, I don't. Yeah, it's I, great. I feel like it's too early for me to go in and pop Dylan's bubble. But I guess I'll just say I hated the theme song. Yeah. <laughs> About as bad as I hated any Digimon movie. As soon as it started playing, I was like, oh, this is what we're doing? <laughs> I was confused. It's setting up the scene. Ash and gang are, are on a boat. They're they're traveling the Orange Islands to get the Orange Island badges. Yeah. It's it's It, it feels like when you find a one-hit wonder that you really like and you're like wow this musician is really great and then you listen to any of the other songs and they're just like nothing in comparison it's like compared to the pokemon theme song there is no other good pokemon song i mean the pokemon rap okay that's fine yeah the pokey rap yeah, yeah. but yeah but like of the actual like movie and show theme songs there's they've just never one. they've there's just, never there's just yeah. one they so should you want to be stick- a master pokemon in a da 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 you're, you're bouncing around this screen here. <laughs> like you're, you're so animated and so into it, what you're doing there. Uh, yeah. And then there's a little auto-tune. They invented auto-tune. They, d- Pioneers. Uh, uh, is that trivia or <laughs> you just just making it up? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I, know yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there is that one bit where it's like, I mean, it's pre-auto-tune, but it is definitely the same sound of auto-tune. And yeah. uh, I, I don't remember too much music around the year 2000 that had that you're feature. Saying, you're saying 2000, Auto-Tune didn't exist? I feel like Auto-Tune must have existed. What? Well, I guess I'm thinking of the Auto-Tune app that popularized it. Yeah, but I no. don't know if it was called Auto-Tuning before that. But I don't think the, maybe app, it was. I don't think the app popularized Auto-Tune. I think popular music popularized Auto-Tune. And then people wanted to sound the app like followed pop- it up, yeah. Yeah. But, but I remember that taking off like after 2005. Like... I yeah, was yeah, in high school when that was, was going on. It was bigger later, for sure. Yeah. yeah. T-Pain actually made the theme song T-Pain invented If auto-tune. T-Pain made the music for Pokemon, I might I might have friendlier feelings towards it. Well, Autotune is... I will say... Autotune is later than I would have expected. It was made by Andy Hildebrand in 1997. So hmm, just in time to be in the production for this uh-huh, film. To be incorporated <laughs> into... Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But 1997 is when he created the program that is now known as Autotune. It's so. there is a level of familiarity though that does work in Pokemon Saber, even with a theme song that I don't like. I, like I sit down at this movie and the theme song comes on and they've got this like little prologue and then Ash and Misty and this other character that I don't know that doesn't matter comes up. But like <laughs> yeah. with at least with Ash and Misty and po- Pikachu, I'm like, okay. I have a basis in reality in this movie that I don't have in any Digimon movie or in most fighting game movies, really. And I won't enjoy the story, but I will at least have a fundamental connection to the characters, in part because I watched the show growing up, but also just because I'm aware of those characters. They have a cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah. And Pikachu is cute. And these designs are so much better than any of the Digimon designs, like yeah. all of the Pokemon well, designs. Well, and the animation was smooth and enjoyable to look at mm-hmm. in this, like as far as just like everything was sort of fluid and had a good frame rate and that kind of thing. So right off the bat, I was pleased watching this movie, aside from we haven't even started talking about like scene by scene, but the the opening sequence with like the big airship thing looks dumb because mm-hmm. it was using that yeah. early 2000s early CG, CG. Yeah. yeah animation yeah. yeah i hate that but the rest of the film and it wasn't even anything spectacular there was like they were doing like a constructiony airship so it was <laughs> just like bland metal that was like but yeah, it, with propellers on it by the way they were like the cinematography of those scenes is like look at this airship this airship is amazing but really it was just like the most bland like establishing shot in a video game CG sequence kind of yeah. like from like 2005. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, so let's let's, let's rewind it back a little sure. bit. So the movie starts uh, with a with a disembodied voice uh, reading a prophecy, saying, "Disturb not the harmony of fire, ice, or lightning, lest these titans wreck destruction upon the world in which Can they I clash." Pause that right there. Sure. Because the whole entire point of the prophecy in this movie is to disturb the harmony. Like both both the villain and the good guys are like, oh, we don't like the status quo. We're gonna change it. So this like opening line of the prophecy is nonsense. Arguably, the harmony doesn't exist because these these birds they're talking about hate each other. But disturb not like you're coming in here and you're trying to change the whole status quo, Ash. So get the fuck out of here. And and you, you anyways continue the, on. Though the waters' great guardian <laughs> shall rise to that. quell the fighting. Alone, its song will fail. Thus, the earth shall turn to ash. Hey, so you guys get that? Yeah, like right it? off yeah, the, the bat. Yeah, the world's gonna die. The world's gonna die. Yeah, the world's like gonna die. Dark the Souls. world. The origins and story of Dark Souls. The world is going to yeah. turn to ash, and that definitely means nothing at End all. End of the world. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. I, nothing man, that predicts anything at all. I just, I'm, I'm almost certain, like. The Drawfee guys, Drawfee people must have done like a Pokemon Dark Souls crossover at some point, but I feel like I can't. I would, I would love that atmosphere in I a Pokemon game. I can't directly imagine that they've done it. Like I can't. I can't think of an episode, but it feels like they would have. But yeah, it just sounds so in their in their wheelhouse. <laughs> so Dylan, why is this guy reading this prophecy? Um, because so he, I don't know how they credit this dude's this character's name. I just call him like the collector. So he is only the collector throughout the entire film but in other materials for the film like like promotional materials i think his name is like lucian or something but in the film he's the collector mm-hmm. so okay. we'll just yeah. call him so benicio the del toro yeah. is here that's the joke i was waiting to make all right <laughs> <laughs> one brain um and so he basically know reading this prophecy he knows uh he's he's gonna go he's gonna go catch them all he's gonna go he's gonna go to the power plant and then he's gonna go seafoam yeah. islands and then he's gonna go to cinnabar island but- and he's gonna get zapdos articuno and moltres and capture them all um but he's actually going to <laughs> these the these you know this little archipelago that's a part of like the actual like there are the greater like chain of orange islands and it's so there's a fire island an ice island a lightning island and they're next to another island called shamudi island that's just which is just a fantastic name it's just people island i don't know people are shamudi yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're telling me yeah <laughs> Uh, Lawrence um, the Third. But, I my, I said Lucian. Lawrence the Third is the collector's actual name. Oh, okay. So. Um, points docked. Yes, that's a from, that's a that's a big ding for just, Nick. Just wanted to errata yeah. that real quick. So, thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he is he is both trying to capture the three legendary birds because that will summon Lugia, and then he's also making very strange chess metaphors the entire time mm-hmm. with his holographic chessboard, and yeah, he's in his giant you know, airship fortress. Yeah. With Which seems super unnecessary. And I don't know the technology that goes in to capturing these legendary Pokemon, but Pokeballs. I exist. just used an ultra ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> so, what I was going for. This, this seems like overkill. He, he brings a flying Island airship and it's like, <laughs> you know, th- these things are pocket sized. It's in the name. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't have to do this. 
But so he, um, he discovers that Moltres, uh, his computer tells him that Moltres is nearby, the closest of the three legendaries that he wants to capture. So he goes after it and deploys his devices, which basically just like surround Moltres and metal rings and and lure it in and, and bind capture him. it. Yeah, bind it. Thank you. Better word. Um, and uh, and bring it in, and then he's gonna go on to the others, but. Before we do that, it's time for classic voiceover from a Pokemon narrator. <laughs> Ash, Misty, and Brock were <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's not Brock. It's, it's Tracy yeah. Sketchit. Yeah, Sketchit. Yeah, weird. Uh, yeah, Tracy Sketchit, the Pokemon who artist. I've never seen because I didn't watch that era of Pokemon ever. So it's a character uh-huh. who I I don't know. Um, and uh, and. Ash and Misty are in a tropical paradise, it's described, but that quickly goes sour when a storm kicks up. Um, also, we have Team Rocket following behind in a, there's a bunch of Magikarp, uh, Magikarp in the sea, and they're in like a giant Magikarp submarine, or uh-huh. do we call it a submarine? Yeah. Covered boat. Submersible. Yeah. Sure. Um and uh, and they, they immediately break the fourth wall uh, when a storm around an island is the plot of the film. And they go, I've seen this movie before. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I thought was. It's also pedal, pedal powered, yeah. a pedal powered submersible that they all have to, they have to pedal to, to get it going. Yeah. So the storm kicks up. Uh, they get separated. Rocket and, and the, the good guys separate because Rocket gets smashed up against some rocks and then they'll be trailing throughout the duration of the movie trying to sort of catch up and interact um but what happens the good guys basically navigate the storm successfully and come to what was the name of the shamudi I- island <laughs> shamudi yeah they come to shamudi island and then they do this weird like they get off their boat and then they're like surrounded by a bunch of like indigenous tribes people white people that seems Yes, yes, yes. They've they've all seen Peter Pan, indigenous white people, um, and then they all take their their masks off and uh, their appropriated masks, and they're like, <laughs> "Hey, it's like, hey, we know you, you know us. We're all just friends." And then they talk about this festival, and there's like the whole they're doing like a festival that's like part of the legend that's discussed at the beginning of the movie. Um, and then they find out that Ash is a Pokemon trainer, and they all freak the fuck out because I guess. Amongst this entire society, there's not a single Pokemon trader, which seems weird for a, a universe that's yeah. revolved around where, Pokemon. Where it's like every fundamental part of your society. Yeah. I mean, also, though, Ash is with two other Pokemon trainers, but they don't really they care don't about them. They don't care about them. Yeah. yeah. No one cares about the guy that no one here can name. I'm like, I'm, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm fairly confident that neither of you that's two know Tracy. the other guy's it's name. It's Tracy. It's Tracy. You no, no, he, that's, you've made up a name. But, Misty's there, and so let's let's discuss this encounter between Ash, Misty, and um, our our other main character, Melody. Not, not the guy that's with them, but the new main character. Yes, Melody, Melody. Shimudi. All right, yes, that's the canon name. <laughs> Moving forward, Melody Shimudi yeah, so- is uh, she's like the what's the title for her in this island celebration? Oh, she's the uh, the festival maiden. Festival maiden. And she gets to, uh, well, she, first she wants to introduce herself to Ash and flirt with him, which Misty takes offense to. And she doesn't know Ash. She She's like, she wants to get, you know, she's like learning their names. And, and specifically, 
uh, asks Misty if she's uh, Ash's girlfriend, which becomes a running like, yeah, mm, is the romance plot. Uh, <laughs> I guess we call that sexual tension. Yeah, yeah. Between these ten-year-olds, like what? What is Very, this? Yeah. What? Is, that how, is that how old they are? I guess I never at this point. I don't remember. I think he 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 ages up a little bit, but yeah, I'm pretty sure at the beginning he's like ten or eleven. It's pretty clear that this girl, in spite of her being like extremely forward, does not know Ash, does not know Misty, does not know of them. But then, without asking, does not know the third guy yeah, they can't yeah, name. Without asking any names, immediately asks or immediately says Misty's name in this scene. Yes, which, I caught that too. And it's just like, is that how? Is that the level of lazy we're at? Where they're just like, ah, <laughs> kids will notice. Yeah, I mean, so, like, <laughs> that is that is pretty symbolic of the whole movie, which is like everything is a degree of laziness. The yeah. plot is just like here's the majestic transition X to, to, to Y to Z. Like all these Pokemon that, that we talked about that are like swimming up to this island. Like there's no real plot importance to it. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a thing that's happening to make everything seem important. Yeah. Ash being a chosen one doesn't really matter. Doesn't relate to any kind of like the this kind of artificial character arc where Ash is like, I don't know if I can be the chosen one. I guess I am. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like everything is, is about as lazy as you can get while still being more enjoyable because it's a Pokemon movie. Yeah. So the festival maiden is going to appoint Ash as you know, the chosen one, the important figurehead. What's yeah. the name? I'm, I'm terrible with this <laughs> right now. I, 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 I don't know what they officially yeah, call some, him. Some important... Like, uh, you know, figurehead name for the festival. Hey, you're gonna be the guy, and she gives him yeah. a kiss. I think. Uh, yeah, a kiss on the cheek. And you're, you're, he's, you know, it's one of those. It's like when you go see, I don't know, like Godsmack or something. Not Godsmack. Uh, Godspell. It's like you guys know no, no, how no, when you no, all went to no. see Godsmack. Shut up. Yeah, we've all no, done it's it. It's like look. The, the hardest it's, part it's like, about 2020 <laughs> was not getting my Godsmack <laughs> concerts <laughs> in. <laughs> I, I think we can all relate to this. I think every no, one of us. shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Try to make a point. No, it's like I one of those musicals you go to or like a brothel. <laughs> Trainer, I will catch them all. Do, 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 do. It's, it's like when you go to a player musical and there's like audience participation and he's the audience participant for this. He's, he's the dumb tourist that they're dragging into this thing because they admit that like most of their like, you know, industry is tourism. They're like, hey, it's for the tourists. And then they're going to make this one tourist go to three separate desolate islands for fun to grab this orb or grab orbs on each island and then bring them back. Yeah, I'm it's a good time. one is the very best of all. When you <laughs> learn from me, I learn from you. Never did I want to catch them again, but I feel the catching in my veins. That's a... It's a rendition of the the uh, the universe where Ash is kind of sad about being a Pokemon trainer, and but he still has to do it because it's in his it's in his blood. Anyways, that's all the Godsmack I know, so I can't do any more Godsmack. Great, thank covers. you. Thank I'm you. desperately searching on my phone. I was like, just keep going a little <laughs> bit longer, Joe. I'll get one. <laughs> I, I just gotta find what is Voodoo. Is that anything? Is there a Voodoo Pokemon? I <laughs> <laughs> There's gotta be a. D- diglet, diglet, <laughs> diglet, oh, oh. diglet, pseudo woodoo, pseudo woodoo, pseudo That's the one. He's so far away. Uh, yeah. 
Okay, I'm all out of it. I'm all it's all out of my system now. Yeah, <laughs> Would you like to great. continue with the podcast? Sure. Yeah. All right. So, um, they so this all happens. They tell they tell Ash he's the chosen one. He's got to go on this quest. He's got to go uh, find these three orbs on each individual island. Um, and then we get a cut to uh, get a cut back home. Back to Pallet Town. Cuts real uh, deep. Getting back home. Ash's Ash's mom uh is is uh tending to her garden outside. Mr. Mime's there, her domestic partner. <laughs> um so, you know, uh, raking the leaves. And then Professor Oak shows up. Um and uh he's like, Hi, blah blah blah. Ash's mom. He says her name, but I can't remember what her name is. Yeah. Um and that's oh, I don't remember either, but it's like Daniela or it's something. This is the first time um, canonically her name has ever been said. And really? yeah, and and we don't know who it is because we're probably misogynists. <laughs> mm. I don't to be fair, um, they also say Professor Oak's name and I don't know his either. Samuel, Samuel Oak. Okay, so you're a misogynist. <laughs> well, mm. I guess so. Um, but yeah, so Professor Oak bikes up and he's like, "Hey, like how's how's the weather going or how's your garden going she's like great nice sunny day he's like yep perfect weather for the summer and then a just torrential downpour comes out of nowhere um and all the pokemon around them start freaking out mr mime freaks out you know the bird the pidgeys in the sky freak out and then strange weather we're having rains yeah and then it stops raining and then it starts snowing like a blizzard comes down and then it stops global warming is rough it, and then Professor Oak goes, my God, what is happening up there? And there's an Aurora Borealis happening in the sky. Um, and yeah, and then they don't, they have no idea what's going on. And they're like, oh my, I have to get back to the lab and find out what's going on. And that's that interlude. And then we cut <laughs> back to Ash going on his quest to retrieve the three orbs. The baubles. Um the bobbles, the, bobbles the, the elemental power, power. Um, so he goes. <laughs> so this scene's real fucked. So he he goes. Th- so they've chartered this boat, right, to take them around the Orange Islands. Yeah. And Ash, being appointed the the chosen one for this festival, instead of waiting for the next day to go and do this quest he he leaps up during like the festival feast and goes let's do it right now and forces this woman fuck your traditions their... in or for... ash's defense i guess pikachu started it his that's true his mouse creature freaked out was like we gotta go now um it's almost as if pikachu was in tune with a higher plot but <gasps> Uh yeah, that Ash does kind of like not only like go after Pikachu and forces women to do that as well, but like leaves Misty and whoever the other person is behind. Um, yeah, and not that that matters because they're just gonna come on a separate boat anyhow. Right, but but so that's the thing, right? It's so um so Ash and the 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 captain of the boat that they charted they go out to the first island and then maybe a little bit afterwards uh misty not brock and melody 
go and decide they're going to follow. And Melody has her own boat. She has like a fucking like super yacht. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just a really like nice speedboat um, that they start following on. And now the storm's kicked up really bad uh, out there. So it's like basically hurricane. And uh, Team Rocket is also stowed away on Melody's boat. And, and Ash and the captain get to the island and the storm is so bad that it like launches them out of the water and they crash land on the shore. It's like a rocky coastline and it's like, oh, that's fucked. Like you made this person come out with you and and you you fucked up her boat. And then like five minutes later, Melody, who is like, I, I've been on the water my whole life. I know what I'm doing also crashes her boat maybe 50 feet away from the first crash boat mm-hmm. it's some bad storms out here man shipwrecking two separate boats just her because ash too. couldn't fucking wait yes a, a really nice boat a really nice like yacht boat that also happens to be a flying machine um, <laughs> if you know how to yes. use it they, which is funny because she says it can fly if you know how to use it, but she really just drags it upstairs yeah. with the sails yeah. Yeah. and like scrapes along yeah. the like. So that boat is like ruined. Yeah, yeah like the whole hull, the whole like the fucking the keel of the boat, the rudder, like it's all gone. She like, does that's too. The- Nick said. Nick said she says if you know how to use it, which is great. It's a great like p- like like pompous line, except that it is literally dragging along yeah. the ground as she says that. I I mean so, I yeah. kind of like, think that makes it better. I think her having that. So. <laughs> um, yeah. which does lead to I think w- one of the better uh, w- one other one other like there's a few good jokes in this movie eventually you know Ash gets up to the top of the mountain and uh, there is Team Rocket up there and they're like ah we're gonna do we're gonna do the thing we're gonna do the thing I'm sure one of you have, have taken notes on this joke so I'll pass it to you guys to, to what to, the team the Team Rocket line like their introduction with their boat line their boat joke Oh no, Joe! You're gonna have to do it, and you didn't take notes. Oh, I didn't take notes. <laughs> well, well, trust us, audience. Okay. There's a joke here in this There's part a joke of the movie. Real funny. The boat joke. Let me is, tell you. This is this is this is what we need to try to do more often with this podcast. It's we need to just allude. have things that we've allude to things that are like now nah, you're interested in watching <laughs> yeah. the movie too. Yeah, our stick for you. But we're not we're not trying to tell you that we we're not reviewing these movies and giving giving them excruciating detail to tell you not to watch them. We're trying to inci- entice people to watch these movies, right? Like that's that's yeah. the that's exactly. the dream. Don't take so my word assured. for it. Check this out for yourself at your local library. <laughs> Team but Rocket says something boat related. Oh and man! Then boats. a boat appears behind them, cr- like which, unexpected because they're on a mountaintop, and it crashes in. And wouldn't you know it? Now the rest of the gang is there, uh, and that was really funny. So, <laughs> yeah. That, anyways, continue with the plot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right, fantastic so, contribution, so Joe. <laughs> Thank you. So they steal this fire orb. Ash Ash retrieves the bubble. Um, out of this like stone sculpture in the shape of a bird, um, almost in like the style of like an Aztec sculpture. Also, the bobble looks like super like thin glass. It looks like it could shatter just by looking at it the wrong way. And he is just like death gripping it, trying to rip it out of its placement out of oh, the sculpture. Have you seen like fushigi balls or those other like like just like a hard crystal what you ball? Call me? Like they're 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 dense. Then you're gonna chip it. You're not gonna break it through, right? Okay. Okay. It looked small because it's got like the 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 fire in it. That's true. That's a good point. It's got 
It's got the fire. Crystal balls don't usually have <laughs> elemental magic inside them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You didn't think about that, I did didn't. you? You're right. I mean, it's also, it's a, it's a plot device, too, so it would be really unlikely for him to break it's it. It's got plot armor. Mm. Damn it. Um, so he pulls it out, <laughs> and uh, then Moltres shows up. Yeah. Um, like, hey, get off no, my fucking Moltres treasure. Captured. Yeah, no, you're right. Moltres has already been captured, Zap- right? Zapdos. Yeah, Moltres, no, Zapdos. Zapdos, Zapdos shows up. And, and he's like, I'm taking over this yeah, island because Moltres vacated squatters right. Meowth can talk to him, and he's like, hey, he says that, yeah. That, well, I mean, this is an important detail, obviously, but Pikachu and Zapdos communicate through electricity, mm-hmm. and yeah. Meowth understands them shocking each other. That's right. Which, <laughs> well, honestly, Joe, Joe what are we doing it. right now? What are we doing right now if not communicating through electricity. Oh my god. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a You just blew my... But, we're all meow. But, what, but yeah, could yeah, meow intercept right now, not meow. our Discord call? Yeah. What are those ears if not antennas? Oh, okay. All right. Get signal on them. This, or his, his, this, his, his coin. This leads us into it, our sponsor, VPN.something. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you don't want meow, meow, meow spying on your <laughs> internet calls. <laughs> it, if this movie were cooler... The idea of Pikachu like meeting a legendary Zapdos, like meeting a bird, legendary bird, then like having a really cool like lightning-based communication could have been a really dramatic and awesome moment. But I feel like, but you need Meowth to also be like, I can understand this. <laughs> yeah, that, it's just so so matter of fact. Yeah, about it's, it's, it, it's very matter of fact, and it's also functionally just exposition like yes because, because the, the, the disappointing part about this is like i like pikachu but pikachu is just in plot mode here he doesn't have any characterization happening he's just like yeah. i knew we needed to get up here to talk to zapdos basically and now i'm doing that like he's just pushing the plot forward with like no emotionality so uh, unlike the other movies where like pikachu and ash are like caught up in a threat the other the other last movie we watched yeah pikachu and ash are like mm-hmm. their bond is tested and also yes. their like willpower to fight is tested it's like in this it's just like We've got to save the world, so we're going to keep moving forward and like head towards plot points. This is exactly my yeah my criticism criticism of this film is like I I was let I was built up so much by the previous one where I didn't expect to care at all, and they actually made me feel things. And this one looks pretty, but I felt nothing the entire movie. Like at no point was I like oh tension and drama and interest in character. Like I was just like. Yeah, all right. It's another. It's a long Pokemon episode. You know, it's 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 like a season finale type big big episode. Sure. But it's not. I wasn't drawn in. I, I didn't emote and connect with these characters. Which I think it might literally be that. Given like this might be the end of their Orange Island yeah. arc, but I can't. I can't it, say that. It for very certain. much felt um, like that. Um. Although it's a little trivia, I did pick up on the side here. Uh, I did. I watched oh. this on Prime Video, and I signed up for their like seven day Pokemon trial to be able to watch this without paying any real money, which is fantastic. And uh, I uh, that gave me access to their little like X ray they call it, where you can like click and mm, get extra yeah. details yeah, and yeah, that. Yeah. And so one of the little pieces of trivia there is that the director originally, or sorry, the writer originally wanted to do this movie with none of the TV show characters. It would have been different mm. trainers entirely and a different like and I I think in some weird ways that could have been better if it didn't have like the baggage of Team Rocket and and specifically Ash and Pikachu. But the pr- yeah. producers were like, "No, no. We want to make money." <laughs> so, please use the marketable mouse 
Uh, <laughs> Disney did it. We do it. That's how it works. <laughs> that's great. Is that a phrase that I, I feel like I've, I've no, heard that before? No, it just but... spilled out of me, and I'm coining it now. Marketable yeah. mouse. You, you got to use the ketchup kid in the marketable <laughs> yeah. mouse. I, it's... I, I really now I want to start my own business with a marketable mouse yes, mascot. It, it'll it make feels you like an unstoppable one of the top now. two, top three, then franchises yeah, in the yeah. world. I'll name him Marky the Marketable Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the the ketchup kid steals the bubble. They uh, shout at Zapdos, and then Benicio del Toro shows Fuck up, bird. <laughs> 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 and. He uh, uh, uses this opportunity to not only capture himself a lightning bird, but also a gaggle of kids and uh, a speedboat. He's he's a collector, (laughs) and he likes to collect. He's going to get himself a couple Asgardians, some Power Stones. Uh Yeah, he's got to get it all. An anthropomorphic duck, (laughs) uh, a dog, and a cosmonaut. Costume. He, he did get an anthropomorphic duck if he catches Misty, because he'll naturally get Psyduck. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, so these these uh, metal, not rings this time, they're squares. So apparently he has fabricated Specific. different shapes for each yeah. bird. Um, and he comes down uh, and captures zapdos and also everyone else that was on the island and brings them up to his floating you know fortress of doom Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh then uh, he monologues a little bit about how he's a collector and he collects things and he started his collection what i do it's what i do you know uh it's in my nature Um, (laughs) scorpion's got a sting (laughs) exactly dylan's got to go to godsmack concerts and I gotta I, collect. I gotta go to Godstrack concerts. <laughs> That's what we gotta do. <laughs> I'm dying over here in quarantine without my Godsmack. <laughs> um. Uh. So he he also talks about how he started his collection with an ancient Mew card. Yeah. Uh, which coincidentally I have that card. It's right over here in this in this binder. You you told us you were gonna show us. <laughs> do you want to see it? Do you want to see it? I, I feel like we need to see it because it gives you some validation but not because it means anything or that anyone on the podcast listening would be able to see it so it's utterly pointless <laughs> but uh they, I, I guess they gave away this with the the theater release of the film which means you then saw it in theaters and got it then and have held on to it some 21 years later i i i actually didn't i think i stole it from a ch- from a child oh. <laughs> Okay. That is the best piece of trivia that I've yeah. heard on this channel. This this Attract podcast mode so trivia. Far. Dylan steals. You're only going to get that though if you have the X-ray subscription. That's right. That's that's a pretty cool card. Damn. Look at look at this thing. Look at this goddamn All shiny thing. and and hieroglyphic. Yeah. I had one of those too, and I don't know that I didn't. Yeah, steal I it stole from it. From oh, I thought you were going to say it. Some asshole stole it from me. <laughs> that would have been. I, that would have been an amazing story, and, and we could have we could have gotten real famous off that one. I do miss my fourteen carat gold Burger King Pokemon nugs. I remember those. I do have one of those. I think I have the Mewtwo or Poliwhirl one. I think. <laughs> now, Dylan, do you ever do anything with these cards? I look at them. Yeah, I, I marvel at them. You know, I understand that aspect of it. 
there, there is something fun about just collecting. So you're like a you're like a Marvel I'm collector. A collector. You're I'm like a, collector. a Marvel collector. You like to collect your Marvels. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I got I got Vision, I got Iceman, <laughs> yeah. I got I got all of them. You like a Benicio uh, del Toro? Exactly, exactly. You're like a a Lucian. Anyways, Lawrence the third. So, <laughs> so they're upstairs with Benicio del Toro, um, and he monologues that he's trying to awaken Lugia, and he's fucking staring at his goddamn holographic chest set again. Mm-hmm. Um. Lugia what I love most about this king. villain is how he doesn't talk to other people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then he goes back upstairs. So he has like this, <clears throat> his like command center is like this circular desk, like this wraparound desk that is on top of like a metal pole that like sends him up through this Oculus that's yeah. in the ceiling. Just put into everything a up second there. room. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, but then you can't get that, you know, worm's eye view shot of him going up and it's that huge fresco that's, yeah. that's painted on the ceiling right. for no goddamn reason. Yeah. Mm. Super like um, celestial <laughs> cupids yeah. and things like that, which yes, yes, none of which cherubs. like, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Cherubs. None of which seem like they're Pokemon related. <laughs> So why is that there? Good point. It's weirdly yeah. Christian in and a like, universe that villainous. has like it's it's because it's ah that's that's what it is. It's because uh, like Christian because Christians in, are in evil. Japan, <laughs> Christian yeah. just, the aesthetic in Japan is often used for evil imagery. Like yeah. right. look at Final just Fantasy, like look at yeah. anime. Like you did it's mention. so often the case. And just surrounding this guy with a lot of like Catholicy like yeah. like creepy art makes sense his, honestly it just seems like they could have done at least kept that aesthetic but mixed in some pokemon floating with the cherubs or something would have been it's cool a, it's god touching a tangela yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah that would be great i would love that but no this was like the late this was like they went on some free image website and were like oh yeah this will do and like stamped yeah, yeah. it in there it's a, it's actually arceus touching the touching the tangela yeah well that would make sense in this universe but this does not this feels very weird um yeah god doesn't make sense in in the pokemon universe yeah why would god create such cursed beings (laughs) um so this is when melody also sees the tableau that the collector was reading at the beginning of the movie and sees the whole blah 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 fire ice and lightning they clash fighting turn to ash um and then they see both Moltres and Zapdos kind of like in their cages, which are these creatures just like going to like perpetually spend the rest of their waking days just in these small cramps yeah, in a space that rings? only contains the physical creature and no like no environment to operate in. But then what's right. inside of a Pokeball like? We don't know that these aren't just like bigger Pokeballs where it doesn't shrink the creature down. Bigger, transparent Pokeballs. Yeah, what if every Pokeball is like that on the inside? It's some hell cube that like spins around and electrocutes them or whatever. Um, Because they all seem like they're in pain and struggling to get away. Yeah, and he's like, I just like to see what everyone else hides away in their pockets. (laughs) Just, I don't know. it, it It doesn't seem like he has much of a plan other than to lure in Lugia, so maybe he has somewhere else to take them after he's completed that, but he's so not planning. Eat them. Or that. Have a feast. Delicious mm, firebird. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good eating. Spicy. Uh, yeah, already inlaid with <laughs> all those spices. The spiciest chicken wings. <laughs> yeah. You ain't got shit on me, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> um, 
We then get another cut back to Professor Oak and Ash's mom. Um, they have now, uh, they are now helicopter bound to Shimudi, uh, because they saw a news report about how all of these, you know, weather aberrations that are happening across the globe are, are, um, uh, localized or, or they, they originate from yeah. the Shimudi Island, um, and the fire lightning and ice Island. So and Oak Professor knows. Oak. Yeah. That, yeah. The uh, birds they, are there. Yeah, and then he has to take his sometimes girlfriend Ash's mom with him for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have Professor Ivy, which is the person Brock works underneath well, for I, the time period. Somehow that Brock they doesn't. know um, they know that Ash is there. So I guess you know phone I, calls or whatever. Yeah, something has remember. happened. Well, it, they they he she knows that he is in the Orange Islands yeah. in general, but she decides it's, to come along to see him. This yeah. makes it sound like this might be relevant to the plot later. It's not well. It's 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 just exposition. He's right. just re-explaining it's, how they, that's how that's <laughs> the thing though. That it's re-exposition. It's like, yeah, we get it. We've been watching the adventure. Yeah. <laughs> He's explaining I, yeah. it to the rest of the world that hasn't been watching the adventure. Yeah, uh huh. But yeah, because there's literally know. he has a a camera crew with him. There's a news anchor there, and then a camera person aimed at his fucking like little notebook, and he takes out his multicolor. He has one of those pens that you can click the different sides that have the different like the six color yes like hexacolor pen. And he's like, let me explain this to you. All right, so this is how science works. There are these three birds that represent different elements, but not like the classical elements. It's, it's fire, ice, and lightning. Yeah. And then I would if like to point out that birds, he's, he's like. This is in a lot of contention, and scientists don't believe this shit. But it sounds pretty good to me, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, which, which it's like which site because he's not a meteorologist. Like he studies Pokemon, which in and of itself sounds like a crack science. You like you're up there up, with like phrenology. You could do this the, the the South Park joke here and just put up Scientologists actually believe this in flashing text on the bottom of the <laughs> right. screen. And the impact <laughs> font underneath. Yeah. yeah. And so he's just explaining how like if any of these elements get disturbed, it will uh, severely impact the global weather patterns. Yeah. This single slipstream underneath the ocean impacts the rest the of the world. planet. Because it's, that's it's how oceanography ecosystem. and meteorology works. It is when you're a Pokemon <laughs> scientist. <laughs> I like anything goes. Like you, I talk to a fucking uh, anthropomorphic pile of sludge every day. So who <laughs> knows what the fuck's happening in this world? I, I do want to point out he is his when he's talking about this science being in contention. He's like a lot of scientists don't believe in this. He's like, but it does add up because they say that maybe these Pokemon elements came together to like form the ocean and what happened? This is a, a, a professor telling the world this and what, what do you get when you mix ice and fire? <laughs> He's like, what is created when you do that? Yeah. What is the chemical reaction? Checkmate <laughs> atheists. <laughs> like, <laughs> Here's my creationist myth. Yeah. Anyways, all right, so that's the crackpot Professor Oak spouting his nonsense. Um, we then get back. So so Ash and the gang, still in the fortress, decide that they're going to bust out. They're going to bust the birds out. Um, this is their, their mad caper. So they uh, summon all their Pokemon um, and have them all attack the cages that Zapdos and Moltres are in. They attack Moltres' cage first, blows it up, 
Then Moltres goes and blows up Zapdos's cage, which almost seems like an olive branch. Like, hey, like I'm busting you out because like we're simpatico. And then they both fly out of the fortress and immediately start dueling one another. Maybe it's. It was like, hey, fuck you. Oh, shit, I missed when I hit your cage. <laughs> I was trying to I, kill you I, while you were stuck there. I wish, yeah. because it was like, there was like a setup here for these birds to be more interesting. Yeah. Because uh, th- like the Pokemon all like started attacking the cages to break them out. And there was this moment of recognition where the where Zapdos and Moltres were like, oh, you're trying to help us. And it was cool it was like pikachu communicating with zapdos it was like oh this is a cool thing that's happening like our mundane pokemon that we see all the time in the show are interacting with mythological figures in this world and being recognized and mm-hmm. it doesn't really have any emotional landing it's just a thing that happens they break out and then they're back to fighting yep, which right. the plot goes on the movie goes on but it it just feels like a missed opportunity like yeah because these are like, I mean, I, I think part of this is because it's rooted in my childhood. Moltres, Zapdos, and Articuno are cool to me. And like, yeah. I recognize them as more than any other future, like legendary Pokemon in the in the Pokemon franchise. These are the things that I think of when I think of like the badasses of the Pokemon world. Right. And there's, and there's also one of them. There's one of each of them. It's yeah. not like a generic Pikachu or whatever. Like there is seemingly one of them in the universe which implies like some sort of mythological status, but like I guess a Pokemon in any other Pokemon's eyes is still a Pokemon. There's like there's this equality in the Pokemon kingdom where they all kind well, of stand nice. on the same level. Um, but yeah, so so they fight. Is this when they down the 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 ship? flying fortress? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they are they attack one another. They also damage the ship with fire and lightning, and it brings it down onto one of the other islands. Um, ice island, I think. Really? No, because they have to get to ice island. So oh, I think they right. land on one of the other ones. Um, and also doesn't help that like at this point in the movie, the re- like the entire area gets covered in ice because Articuno That's has right. gotten like carte blanche to just like ice everything. They landed on the lightning island because Articuno is like, guess I'll take over the lightning island now that Zapdos <laughs> yeah. is gone. And why um, not? Yeah. <laughs> so the he legendary has a birds hat are just in a suitcase. He just like moves <laughs> into the other one. The legendary birds are just catty bitches <laughs> to, to each other. That's like their that's oh, their personality. Oh, you left. It's mine now. It's mine. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is oceanfront real estate. I'm going to I'm they going to buy are, this. All islands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but this island's nicer. Mm-hmm. All right. Lugia should have gave me this island. <laughs> Uh, anyways the crew ash and team rocket and gang they all have a daring escape from the ship um with no tension because we all know they're, they're going to survive um they get they get on the island and at this point i think the what what, what happens how do, how do we get to like lugia so, arriving and all that so this they is introduced the slow king yes the talking slow king and he's like hey what's up i'm slow king um you can voiced talk. by larry david for some reason oh. uh, <laughs> um but yeah he could talk for some reason that's never explained uh they he kind of like reintroduces the idea so when i was a kid i thought there was like more build up to this so like the world's going to shit right now because all the elements are unbalanced and slow king's like you gotta get the last orb because uh Ash, now that they're on Lightning Island, he grabs the Lightning Orb, so he now has Fire and Lightning, and he needs the Ice Orb. Um, there is a a pedestal on Shimudi Island, I think, 
Yes, I think so. So maybe they land on Shamudi Island. Not sure where it is, but there is a pedestal somewhere that you have to stick. There's a pedestal that they have to put all the all the MacGuffins on, and uh, then and also on that pedestal is another rewrite or another rendition of the prophecy. Um, So up until this point, they all assume that the world, the Earth shall turn to ash, means that the Earth will perish, the Earth will burn up if because they're you know the idiots. Yeah, because they're idiots and they can't possibly think about this path, this prophecy prophesizing the future, knowing the name of the chosen one. Yeah, because that makes more sense. <laughs> I know it's really um, dumb, <laughs> but it's it it's they have misread it, and the actual meaning is that the world shall turn and look to ash for their salvation. Which I thought, as a kid, as a dumb dumb child, there was way more build up to that. I thought it was like the world was like right about to end. And they realize yeah. that. I mean, I guess it's the, it's in a bad way, but yeah, it's not like sure. things are not people aren't dying right. left and right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing that works about their like really straightforward tactic is that that is exactly what a kid would think. Like, they're we're told over and over again that this is the end of the world for this like for this movie. It doesn't actually like. I mean that that like I'm sure that lands for for children. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah. it landed when I watched. I thought it, as it was cool. I thought yeah. it was cool. Um. So this is when. Uh, Lugia shows up. So Lugia uh, appears out of the water and Lugia, I guess, in this is like the guardian of the three legendary birds. It's like the peacekeeper is like their steward or whatever. Like, it's trying to, like, he's a cop. He's like, hey, <laughs> stop fighting. Hey, I'm birds, put, I'm a cop. <laughs> I'm a cop. He puts on sunglasses. Um, and then he goes and fights the three legendary birds. Ultimately, uh, gets defeated and crashes back down into the water. He also has like airfoils or something on his back. Yeah, they gross never like flaps that. that yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make like a metal like shunting <clears throat> sound when they like close down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he slams back into the water and seemingly is dying. And then uh, this, he also like had makes a song like when he like roars or sings, he makes a song similar to the song that Melody played on her ocarina is it an ocarina it has like an extra little yeah, thing sure. on it's it like ocarina yeah it's like a shelly um, ocarina right yeah um, um it's my girlfriend's name i was gonna say there's, do, there's a character name in that somewhere shelly ocarina i i have to correct you dylan this is really important because this is like aeronautical oh, okay. it was okay. not you're, you're referring to like um not airfoils because airfoils are wings um, but oh, you're oh, you're referring to like a like a um a spoiler basically like uh, that yeah, like, yeah. catch that stops so, them. Or, anyways, yeah, really important. Um, right, Lydia does you, have airfoils, super the, important, like, like finny wings. But um, anyways, continue <clears throat> on your podcast. Um, you guys are doing great. Uh, thank you, thank you so much. Um, but yeah, so Melody plays the song again. It then rejuvenates Lugia and heals him, and then he he reveals that he can also speak, but telepathically it seems like Mewtwo. And he's like, hey, chosen one, we got to go to this other island and get the last orb. And Ash and so, is like, I'm the chosen one. And he's like, yeah, I know. It sucks. You're really like the worst choice. We could have probably gotten like any <laughs> yeah. older adult male from the village to do this a lot better. But your <laughs> name was in the prophecy. So here we go. Ash are. literally says at this point, I kind of wish my name was Bob right now. Yeah, so that I wouldn't line up with the prophecy. Right, <coughs> which could you imagine if this a prophecy said the Earth shall turn to Bob? <laughs> no. 
Um, it would remove a lot of confusion, though. Yeah. Yeah. So he determines that he has to go to Ice Island. He, at this point, the entire ocean at this in this region has frozen over, just like just a big sheet of ice, and they don't have any workable ships anyways. So he builds out of the wreckage of one of the ships that they destroyed earlier, or the speedboat that had gotten captured by the collector and levitated to the air had mm-hmm. fallen out of the crash fortress. It is just laying on the sheet ice. And he like tears parts of it apart to build a sled and then uh, has Charizard and Bulbasaur and Squirtle drag him yeah. like sled dogs across the ice. Was Bulbasaur using his vines to have Charizard pull it? Is that what it was? Um, I, I no, no, just... no, he used, he used like, like metal wires okay. or something. That to like cool create harnesses it would have been uh, cooler. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I dig this as like a thing that happens. This is like one of the more, it's it's I feel like it's so rare that the Pokemon are used interestingly in the, in this movie. Like they're they show up often, but uh this is like I don't know. I I like I like sequences where Ash yeah, is like finding practical yeah. <clears throat> practical implications of Pokemon in that as a lived in universe as opposed to and then they fight and things explode. Mm-hmm. Like it's always more interesting to see them used as like work animals sure. or companions mm, yeah. or just whatever, anything outside of um, outside of just the fights, which are like the standard mm-hmm. thing they do. Like, like when Ash recharges Pikachu by hooking him up to that water wheel, like really early in the show. <laughs> yeah. But this doesn't last for too long because the birds see them doing this and attack, attack and the, like the, the ice gets fucked up and they get separated. They get, they get basically stopped from, from using that mode of transportation yeah, and then cut over to Team and Rocket. Then, Team Rocket's like, "Hey, we should be the good guys for this movie," and so they are. <laughs> they, they have no, <laughs> they have no arc. They do blatant, like, like immediately explain themselves. They're like, "We're going to be the good guys." They do a little like intro thing where they're they're, <clears throat> I, I, you know, they're normal. Team Rocket make a double, et cetera. Um, yeah, yeah. Except they that this time will be good. Um, but but they do say if the whole world blows up, then there's no Pokemon for us to steal. So the noble thieves. Fair enough. Fair enough. They throw it away in one line why they're doing good guy things. Yeah. It's it's another thing that gets a pass for me though, just because I know these characters and I like I like Team Rocket. Yeah. So I like Team Rocket better than Ash Misty right. Brock. Uh, yeah, for sure. The Catch, sketch it. Uh, <laughs> the etch sketch. Melody. Mr. etch sketch. Sam yeah. Oak. Delilah. <laughs> Ash's mom Shelly, or whatever Shelly her name Ocarina. is. Ocarina. None of these characters yeah. <laughs> yeah. do I care about. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> None of these compare to Team Rocket and my favorite band, Godsmack. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You've come around, Dylan. I, <laughs> You've come fully around. I can see. I can see. I can. Uh, I have this fantastic. montage in my mind now of Dylan getting a Team Rocket tattoo as Godsmack plays. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Team or or just any any like fan edit of <laughs> only Team Rocket sequences yeah. set to Godsmack yeah. music. It's a weird fan. <laughs> and they like they they like put on like the lighting effects so everything looks dark and gloomy even though the shots weren't meant to they originally find a few, a few <laughs> shots where like the mouths work well with i stand alone or something <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like looped yeah it's looped anyways yeah. team rocket shows up on a like an airfield speedboat i forgot you call those inflatable speedboat 
Yeah. And they slide through the ice. They like they pick up Ash. And like it's really funny. Like what? Ash is like, "What's Team Rocket doing here?" And then it cuts to the next shot, and Ash is in there with them, and they're like, "We're the good guys now." <laughs> and yeah, yeah. <laughs> like had had to have already explained that to him because they would have to have stopped. They like they they jury rigged a like sw- a swap boat, right? Right. And because mm-hmm. it's like an inflatable like emergency. Uh, uh, raft retrofitted with like some with a helicopter propeller propeller that shoots them forward Um, but yeah so they're going over this like ice ramp that Articuno made and are like explaining mid jumps like we're the good guys but seems like we would have they must have like grabbed him (laughs) not said a word (laughs) then did the jump yes um now we'll explain right exactly sorry I was just really focused on hitting this sweet ass (laughs) jump watch this uh, um, and so they go over and then they get chased by the legendary birds. And they have to dodge that even though they have like no like uh, um, like way to steer. So they're just grabbing the ropes and netting that line the raft and are like pulling it this way and that. Um, yeah. So they get to Ice Island and they get up to wherever the the thing is, the, the, the orb, the bubble, um, and they get it. Um, and they are surrounded by legendary birds and Lugia saves them. And then Lugia gets captured by the collector. And this is, well, he starts to capture him, right? Right. And I don't remember how does he, how did they disable? Cause, cause the, the, the collector, his fortress is downed, but he's watching everything I got you, Dylan. from his down. Fortress. I didn't take great notes, but Wikipedia did. Oh shit. <laughs> Lawrence tries to catch Lugia, but Lugia uses its aeroblast attack to destroy his airship and take out uh, Moltres. So I guess he's using part of his airship, maybe, or it's downed airship. There's like a big hole in the side of the airship that he's still watching everything from, from like a giant telescope, and he still has access to his like net cannons, and he's just shooting them at at Lugia. Yeah, and Lugia's like, fuck you, I have god powers. So he blasts him and then escapes into the sea. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so our heroes return to Shamudi to the island shrine, which now we know for sure, for sure it's there. Cause thank you again, Wikipedia for saving me at the end of this movie. Uh, I, you know, I, I did pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> hey, most, I say shit. Most, I say shit. No. <laughs> I wish you guys had taken notes about that. I'm defending joke, myself though. against my own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That well, was a mistake. Maybe it's on that Wikipedia And Wikipedia article. didn't either. Wow. No, I looked. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible Wikipedia. It's a really good boat joke. <laughs> it'll come back to us um, once we stop recording you'll be like ah shit here it is so they put the the orbs in mm-hmm. and all of the storms end because why weren't they there in the first place i don't understand exactly well for the tourists I, it's for almost the tourists, like every year they rip them out of the shrine and they go and place them back into the individual islands yeah to make the one true. tourist go <laughs> technically true yeah yeah every year someone has to go through this shit yeah Normally, there's not like yeah. end of the Which, world storms, right? They're like, but, oh shit, someone took it way over the top this year for the festival. I don't know what's happening. It, it does seem like there will be again because as they're celebrating, Ash's mom is like having a heartfelt conversation with him about how he needs to come home, which apparently he then does after every season go home yeah. now because of this movie, which is a fun like continuity thing. Yeah. I guess, okay. But, okay. Uh, she also mind. says. She also says. When because because so during the fight during the storm their helicopter also goes down with Professor Oak and Ash's mom so that goes down but they survive they're fine um, that's actually yeah that's because they that's what Team Rocket uses they use the rear rotor as their 
as their fan to propel them across the ice. That's what they got from, not mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Uh, the fortress. Um, you're looking at me as if you already said that, Nick, but I'm not sure if you clarified that. But you're just... I said helicopter blade. That's, oh, okay. I'm just okay. moving forward. All right, all right. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I wasn't looking at you. I, <laughs> I wasn't even looking at you, man. <laughs> no, I, I'm just... I'm waiting for you to so I can say my thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's, isn't that what all white men on podcasts do? <laughs> you're going to say what you're going to say. I'm going to pretend to listen. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to say yeah, something exactly, immediately after. Exactly. Thank you. Um, but so they survive and then they clamber down the side of this rock wall to go meet up with, with Ash and all of them. And she goes... I would really hope I wish you would come home more often, but it's not like I can stop you from gallivanting across the world. And it's like he is a ten year old and you are yeah, his you, mother. This is like you have legal power this here is, to stop him. This is like one of those things you can't like this is the within the confine confines of being a parent. Like, yes, like you can't exactly do this thing that you are lamenting that you cannot do. You can force this you child know what I want now. to stay home. And go to school and get an I education want, and not be illiterate animal torturer. I, I want I say I'm I'm gonna say I want this, and then I really don't want this because I would never read it or anything. But I would like there to exist some super fans uh interpretation of the Pokemon universe if Ash's mom was a responsible parent. <laughs> because he's not there to save the day in all of these grand events. Right. I mean, assuredly, Pikachu gets taken by mm. Gar- Team Gary. Rocket at some point. Gary Oak. Yeah. Mewtwo is defeated. Uh, and, like, you know. I mean, the world literally just the ends fallout, at this point. The world, like, it's like a post-apocalyptic Pokemon right. at that point, right? Like, there's, like like, elemental storms scattered all over the Earth. But pokemon and people would probably find some way to survive that um and and yeah and because the legend literally requires to turn to ash in in this either at that point they find the chosen child in his like ruined (laughs) pallet town home Uh and they're like you weren't there but we need you now and that's a new story or it literally does collapse because he just decided because my name to bob (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah this this is a whole f- like exciting fiction potential the slow here. king says the world will turn the ash and then the camera pans and it's tracy misty and then jim and jim's like yeah. what and they're all like mm? <laughs> just confused faces yeah so well, the thing i was waiting patiently to say that you thought i was <laughs> disrespecting you well is that after the scene where ash talks to his mom we cut to our villain the collector Lawrence uh, and he is looking through the wreckage of his like completely ruined airship. Yeah. And he finds a Pokemon card and he says, Hmm, it starts as it began or, you know, it, it begins again as it started or whatever his fucking line is. God damn it. I didn't say it right, but something the about point is probably he's like, he's, <laughs> <laughs> He's he's like fully like I guess everything turned out fine and I get to start collecting again. That's like that's, that's his the, mentality. The, yeah, that's the curtain drop on him though. Is like he's just not impacted by this at all. Wikipedia says Lawrence laments his decisions. I got no no mm. sense in that scene well, so that he was like oh I really fucked up. I did a, <laughs> I did a little bit because I think he because when he was referring to because he picks up the ancient Mew card again and he's like you know. 
it started with this and it'll start with this again. I think he means yeah. he will be a collector again, but like a more responsible respect. Maybe like maybe just cards. I'm just <laughs> Pokemon cards. What are they going for on eBay these days? I'm I'm a little bit more in the middle of that where I thought he was like still essentially a douchebag, but just kind of impressed by the situation. Like, I guess I've got to rebuild. Yeah. You know, I got to keep going. Sure. Like, so not that he had like had a real change of heart, but that he was still nonetheless like didn't go my way this time. But that was a hell of a ride. Because um, like yeah. the his floating fortress was also his museum. Because when the museum crashes, they show like like uh uh like jeweled eggs and like priceless urns and all this shit like flying out of the wreckage as it's falling. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he didn't just have like these legendary birds and then his ancient mu car to remind him where his collection started. He had all the shit in there. Really bad place to keep that stuff. Exactly. Honestly. <laughs> in a giant floating it's not a good idea. moving fortress. Um, but then Lugia is uh, there and he says, well, we did it. Well, <laughs> well, every, every chosen dang, one gets guys. one free complimentary ride. So hop yeah. on my back. We'll play some upbeat music. And uh, then uh-huh. I'm going to God smack. We'll out play some God smack. <laughs> <laughs> crank, crank it, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of these sick tunes? Um, yeah. And so he gives him his ride and they fly around a little bit and then they land. He's like, well, I have to go back into the ocean now. Also, I know you My people need me. I uh, I know you learned a lot, but wouldn't it be cool if I wiped your memory right now. Blah blah blah, and then leaves. <laughs> um, but no, he leaves. Uh, so Ash and Misty treat this as like their first like awesome like legendary encounter. They're like, holy shit, because they don't remember the time <laughs> right. that they got roofied after the last one. <laughs> exactly. They're like, whoa, would it be wild if we had more of these types of encounters? Um. But yeah, so they all are like, all right, well, back to the festival, I guess. Do to do. Um, and then we get Team Rocket. Yeah, Team Rocket ro- uh, y- y- climbs from out of the ocean because I guess they got dropped off somewhere and they, oh, because they sacrificed themselves because when Lugia. Right. They were slowing down Lugia and they had to jump off into the sea to save, right. to, to allow Lugia to speed up. Right, Which right, is right. like, they do have, I think, a lot of the best beats of the movie, like their choices, even though they're not like deeply character. That was like, that was, that was, it was, it was a, b- a better moment. Like it was like, okay, that th- they kind of abruptly committed to being good, but now they're like cementing it through action, which is, legit um, yeah. but they, they land in water yeah. and they're fine but now, now they have a conversation about how they're going to be good in the future and yeah well not not how they're going to be good in the future but how they were good this time and nobody saw it yeah and then mm. slow king's like right. of people saw this. it thousands of people saw it and then all of them turn and face the camera <laughs> Yeah, and I forgot about that. Cool. Movie, it's just I like, guess this is a movie. Remember? Yeah, it's perfect to have Slow King look at it too because he's got those big, like, just like circular yeah. eyes that are just like daggers staring at your blank daggers. So yeah, yeah, we did see, we witnessed them, mm-hmm. and Godsmack it's me wrote the rest of their albums for for Team Rocket and their goodness. All right. And <laughs> so, yeah. So do they stay good in the future movies? That's that's an interesting, like, is there actual continuity from this or do they immediately go back to being normal Team Rocket? I'll be curious about that. I think it's, I think 
if I remember, I've only I've only ever seen the next movie. Like I've seen Pokemon three, the movie, and then after that, it's I've it's a blank slate. Um, so. Oh, there's a Weird Al song in the credits. Perfect. Great. <laughs> Did you guys listen to the credits? No. It just randomly, like, it plays, like, the end credits song, and then the credits are still going. Here's some Weird Al. Cool. Does it play like, a Weird Al, like, Pokemon song? Does he have, like... I, I meant to go back. I was not able to, like, stop what I was doing. Yeah, like, what is it a spoof on? Let's go. Let's go take a look. You can edit this down for a while. While I'm still getting there. All right. Well, what I was gonna say was that they, uh, uh, I think in future movies, Team Rocket's arc is basically identical to this one, or at least for Pokemon Three, it's kind of similar mm. to this one, where it's like so they just repeat the same deal. Where they like start out and they're like, "We're here to catch Pikachu," and then they're like, "Oh, some wild shit happens, so we need to change gears and collaborate with Ash until this is all over." I think I might be wrong. Um, I think some of the movies they just write them out entirely because they don't need to bother with Team Rocket. In the year uh, 2000, when this movie came out, the top review for this film was, uh, I'm sorry, on on IMDb, the top review on IMDb uh, was posted. It's still the top review these 21 years later. Being a Pokemon fanatic, I was thrilled to see a sequel to Pokemon, the first movie. Then again. I was sort of skeptical because the first movie was not as adventurous as I thought it would be. Also, it is known that sequels tend to be worse than the original film. However, I was proven wrong. This film has better animation, a more detailed plot line, and a greater sense of movie, in quotes, rather than the extended version of the television series. Even the short Pikachu's Rescue Adventure, in quotes, uh, well, of course would be, made sense more than Pikachu's Vacation in the first movie. I know what you may be thinking. He's probably just some kid who wants to brag about how good Pokemon is. But the fact is, I'm 20. I can legally walk into an R-rated movie. But I would prefer to walk into this delightful feature because sometimes, with all the horror and boring overdramatic films out there, it feels good to see a cute and funny animated film with a lesson to be learned at the end, which I'm not going to spoil for you. I highly recommend this movie because nowadays we all need to feel like a kid in quotation marks to release us from stress. So until a third movie comes out, I'll watch this one some more. That was that was from Psycho Doughboy 66, and he gave this movie a nine out of ten. Incredible. I want to talk to Psycho Doughboy. <laughs> I want to know this person. I want to find him and just be like, hey, do you still feel this way? Because you're still the top rated review on IMDb. Does it hold true? Are you still a fan? All right. Well, on that note, you guys ready? You guys ready for more? Ooh, what is it? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, I feel like huh? we're about to transition into like an ending mode, but I feel like we also oh, have to yeah. dip our ratings in here. And we I'll, didn't. We, I'll yeah. give this yeah. one. My gosh. No? I'm going to give this, this, this movie two gods out of 10 smacks. So well, shit. Dylan, if you can smack Nick 10 times, I'll say Got God it. twice. Wow. I'll drive, I'll drive over there. Take care of it. Okay. Um, what about you, Nick? What do you think about this? Here, film. After Team Rocket decided to sacrifice themselves to save Ash, Meowth says the line, We're gonna die! Which is said in the exact same fashion and with the same face as Martin Short's character from Jungle to Jungle. This was done intentionally as a tip of the hat to that film, and every single member of the production team loved it. So I give this a jungle. Two out of ten. 
Oh God, <laughs> that's an incredible detail. Also, what a <laughs> why? Why that movie? <laughs> And the entire production team loved it. <laughs> like, oh my God, we're all big Jungle to Jungle fans. We got to put an homage in. We've got to. Is Martin Short in Jungle to Jungle? D- Mar- yes. Steve Martin, right? It's, it's Steve no, Martin, Martin right? Short. No, Martin Short. Martin Short and Steve Martin are in like movies together all the time. Who does he play? But Martin Short. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> this doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. Uh, for for a second, I thought whatever you read was mixing up Tim Allen, Martin Short. Whatever, doesn't matter. I give this oh, it is movie. Tim Allen. Yeah, you're right. I give this movie seven great balls out of ten. This this movie still has a lot of nostalgia for me. I admit it doesn't hold up very well. It's pretty much a straight shot from the beginning to the end without much conflict. But it was nice to go on this nostalgia ride. Yeah, to give this movie a real rating, I. I I put it squarely like it is the most middle of the road film for me. It's a five out of ten because it it just was never like I was never bothered by this movie being on, but I was also not drawn in. I wasn't enthralled. Mm-hmm. So it's like a perfect like ignore it movie, I guess. Sure, but but nothing great. But about we need it. it for the rich Pokemon canon for the next thirteen Pokemon movies we're going to watch. We sure do. It is yeah. How could we possibly understand? For me to say that Martin Short was indeed in Jungle to Jungle, and his character was yeah, named yeah, he is. Richard Kemp something, but I couldn't. Kemp, I couldn't. Kempler. I couldn't see the rest of the name, and I tried to find it, but then I gave up. So Kempster. Kempster. Sorry. Anyways, uh, that's an important. That's that's the now we can close the podcast up yeah. now that we know Martin Short was yeah, in, okay, in fact okay. in Jungle right. to Jungle. Well, Martin Short yeah. won't be in our next movie. Uh, we don't know that. I don't, but I'm You're pretty feel real you know, silly when he is. <laughs> when he shows up <laughs> in Monster Hunter, because Monster Hunter is coming coming to digital. You guys, come, in, come on, Pokemon Monster Hunter. I'm. I hope you're excited to learn about monsters and the hunters that hunt them. No. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We'll see you next time.